Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I could definitely relate to this character in a lot of ways. You know, my wife and I lost our son. And so, you know, I was only three three years removed from that when I got this script and I was actually rocking our newest baby boy Maverick in the in the porch swing out front when I read the script for the first time. And I was holding in my arms our little story of redemption and restoration in my arms. And I just, I thought people need to hear this story. They, they need to know that there is a way forward through whatever they're going through. And the name of that new film is Moon Rise, and it stars country artist Granger Smith. He joins us today on Connections. He's going to share with us what it was like to go from a country singer to an actor. And he's going to share more about the meaning behind this new film. We're joined today by Granger Smith. He is a country artist turned actor. His debut film is Moonrise, and today he shares a little bit about this film and what it's like to go from singer to actor. You are part of an awesome new film. It's called Moonrise. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, well, thank you. Um, that means a lot to hear you say that because it's my my first project I've ever, I've ever been a part yeah. of, so I don't have anything to compare it with. Uh, but but it's a story about a man uh, lost his wife. He's he's a single dad raising three kids, looking for redemption, looking for to find joy again, and uh, he finds it in the in unique ways. And I I enjoyed the responsibility of trying to portray a character that I felt like I knew pretty well. Uh, what was it about that character when you went over the script and stuff like that that kind of spoke to you and felt like you knew him? Well, I think a lot of people could relate to him. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, well, he's he's a man of few words. Uh, he does he grunts a lot more than he actually says words, and 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 that's kind of unique. His his whole dialogue was um, really just brushing things under the rug and keeping things to himself and trying to control and trying to trying to maintain everything himself and not letting anyone else into his world. I thought a lot of people could relate to that. Hey, that sounds like a man to me. So. <laughs> yeah. What's very interesting in all of this, though, too, is you were not an actor before this. You're a country singer. How did that all come to be? And what was that experience like? Yeah, I think because of the character was a country singer in the film and he needed to perform uh, several times in the film. I think that they probably, the producers thought it would be easier to go recruit a country singer and teach him to act a little bit than it would be getting an actor and teaching him to perform. So that's why they went that route and it ended up in my email. And I read the script and, and I just thought, wow, I really, I really like the story. What was it well, like first day on set then? And like, oh, I'm an actor now all of a sudden. Was it pretty nerve wracking or did you feel comfortable right away? The nerve wracking happened sooner than the first day because I think, you know, we did a table read with everyone uh, probably four or five days before. And I just, it started hitting me then that I'm going to have to memorize all this stuff. Like a, a month out, I didn't think about, I didn't think about the, the memorization it would take. Uh, but it was, I guess maybe you think, um, well, here's the script and here's what I say. And, and I could just, learn those four or five lines five minutes before I say them and it's fine I could just repeat back what I just learned but it's just so much deeper than that and you have to react to everyone else around you and it has to sound like a normal conversation you have to believe the words you're saying so I remember the night before the first 
uh, first day of shooting, I just, I was so nervous and I just thought, I don't, the, the source of the nerves was, I don't want to mess this up for everybody else. I don't want to be the guy that messes it up. <laughs> and if you have had a chance, which I've had a chance to watch a little bit of this film, not the entire thing just yet. I want to see the rest of it, but you never know that prior to this, there was no acting in your past. Well, thank you. I, I think that's a testament to, first of all, the director. Um, she was just fantastic and and walking me along this. And then the other actors, uh, all of them had experience. And so they were great. And the whole crew was just really gracious with me and, and helped walk me along. So because of all those people around me, it helped me feel more comfortable and fall into the role a little better. So thank you. Now, you talk about your character's journey of uh, kind of seeking redemption in the story. It's a story based around a country singer who loses their wife and kind of, you know, pushes everything away. And like you said, sweeps everything under the rug. Um, yeah. How did, how was that story for you? Could you relate to the story at all in any ways? Yeah. Mark, are you, you in North Dakota or Minnesota? <laughs> Close Manitoba. So we're <laughs> like an hour and a half North of North Dakota and Minnesota. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I could, I could, uh, I could definitely relate to this character in a lot of ways. You know, my wife and I lost our son. And so, you know, I was only three, three years removed from that when I got this script and I was actually rocking our newest baby boy Maverick in the, in the porch swing out front when I read the script for the first time. And I was holding in my arms, our little story of redemption and restoration in my arms. And I just, I thought people need to hear this story. They, they need to know that there is a way forward through whatever they're going through. Was there any moment while filming that it just brought up emotions from that experience? Well, it's such a good question. And because I thought at the beginning there, that there would be, I thought, well, I'll be able to fall into, you know, personal experience. But what's crazy is as we were filming, what was more impactful to me in the moment with the camera on me was thinking that I had lost my wife, which yeah. I have, don't have real world, world experience in, but it helped me relate more to the character of actually thinking because my wife pl plays in the film. She plays the deceased wife. So oh, I just no thought, man, so I thought, what would it be like to lose her? And that really helped me make in the film. Yeah. A lot of emotions probably welling up in there, I guess. Did you get any inspiration for your music? Maybe being involved with the film then and new, new inspiration. Yeah, for sure. There was a 12 song soundtrack that I wrote for it. And a lot of that was written during the shooting and the filming um, within just a very short two month time period. So, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of inspiration that happened. Uh, did filming this uh, impact your faith at all? And if so, how did it impact your faith? Well, I think it impacted it in a way that I was trying to be as diligent as I could to demonstrate faith to others that might be struggling with it or searching for it, or questioning it. So, so it helped me to, to really dig into a character that was struggling with his faith so that the redemption would be that much more dynamic in the end and that other people can go, there it is. There is a way forward from being stuck in a situation where I don't think I, my faith is saving me. When it comes to Moonrise, what are you hoping that the audience will take away when they see this? Well, 
when you when you're dealing with grief sometimes we have this well a lot of times we have a tendency to feel stuck and we have a tendency to look at the calendar and be obsessed with the calendar in a way and what i mean by that is you could look at you can go february 20th that was that was dad's favorite day that was his birthday or that was that was the day mom you know did did this and or did that and now we don't have her anymore or you could look at easter look at easter coming up on the calendar go ah that was grandma's favorite day in the world was easter she loved easter morning he is risen he he got to finally break lint or you could look at fourth of july or thanksgiving anything there's there's any amount of days on our calendar that we can become obsessed with and we they become huge obstacles and and we in turn do our best to just try to skip over them and we think I'm never going to enjoy Easter again. I'll never. In fact, I just want Easter to come and go or Christmas or Thanksgiving. I just want it to come and go. And I never want to think about it again. And then this story, Moonrise, really is a story of a guy that was trying to skip Christmas until he realized that it's okay. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling at the time when you're going through grief. But it's not okay to stay there forever. You can have a few Christmases like that where it's tough. But you will move forward. You will find joy again in Easter and Fourth of July. You will mm-hmm. find joy in the calendar again as those days are redeemed for you. I think, you can- yeah, for a lot of people, they kind of feel like I'm never going to feel happy again out of the when those tragedies first happen. And it could, well, it took me over ten years to move on from one in my own life, right? But yeah, what. When we turn to God and we let him work in our lives, yeah, he redeems all things, including the biggest tragedies of our lives, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. If if we surrender to, to our maker, he has this unbelievable capacity to redeem and restore more abundantly than we could ever imagine. We could we could make a day, say March, March 5th. That's that was a day for me. That's the day I lost my dad to a heart attack. So for a long time, I look at March 5th, 3-5, and I think, oh, I don't want to I don't want to deal with that day. In fact, on that day, I want to be as distracted as possible. I want to do something where I don't even remember that today is March the 5th. But then we surrender that to God and go, God, I don't like this day. This is the day that I lost my hero. I lost dad on this day. I don't want to think about it. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give this day to you. I'm going to glorify you on this day, the day that that I will remember one of the greatest gifts of this earth that you gave me, my dad. What a blessing you gave me, God. It wasn't him. It wasn't dad. It was you. It was the giver of the gift. And that's what March 5th is going to mean. And, and he redeems that and restores that day in a way that's just profound. And I, like I said about losing my son, I have a little boy now, Maverick that I get to hold in my arms. He's, he's going to be two years old this year. And he is a walking redemption story for us. And uh, he wouldn't be here if we hadn't lost our, our son river. And it's just that stuff is, it, it'll make a man go insane. You think too much about it, but, but God delivers more abundantly than we could ever imagine. Absolutely. You were mentioning your music and the 12 song soundtrack. Is there a song in there that really means the most to you or really stands out in that on that album um, that you think our listeners would really draw from? Well, there is a, to, 
So you draw on the same conversation that we're having right now. There's a song called Forever Forward that's really about what we're talking about. And that was the first song written for this movie because that was the song the director wanted, a song about redemption to kind of end the film. And so that was the first song I wrote, and then it was the catalyst for the rest of the song. So, yeah, I would, I would say to your listeners, a, a song called Forever Forward. Tell us a little bit more, too, about some of the other songs on this uh, on the soundtrack. Yeah, it was very different for me because it was writing songs for moments of the film. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't starting with a blank canvas. You know, it was coming in and, and I had already a, a piece of inspiration to write around. And that was, in a lot of ways, a lot easier than to write from just from scratch. So um, the director would come and say, I need a, a song for this scene right here, this moment. And so I would start working on that. And I, I really liked it. So what was it like seeing yourself when the movie was completed and everything was like that? And you get to sit down with your family or go to the premiere or whatever and see yourself up on the screen the first time. What was that like? Was it a little different than listening to a new album cut for the first time or something like that? Yeah, it was in a lot of ways. Um, there was more things for me to to cringe about than just listening on an album. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see your expressions and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why am I holding my mouth like that? It looks so strange. But I, I'm the music supervisor on the film, so I did get early, uh, way early cuts, um, way early, like last summer. So, but all of it, I was usually watching it on my phone, and so to watch it in a theater still was really a, a big deal. For our audience looking to check this film out, how can they go about doing that and learn more about you? Yeah, right now, as, as, we, as we talk today, it's on Pure Flix, and it's going to live there for, for a while, but um, we're going to have it on DVD soon and, and available to purchase on Amazon, etc. soon. But right now, it's on the Pure Flix app. You can download that. It's super easy to find. The movie's called Moonrise. Thank you check so much Moonrise. for making time for us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And thank you so much for joining us. And for listening, don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.